This week from GNC Week in Review, powered by GeekNewsCentral.com. Roaring Kitty is getting sued. Google is paying News Corp. And Amazon wants you to build it. Those are some of the tech news stories from this week. And it's Friday, February 19th, 2019. February 19th, excuse me, 2021. <laughs> My name is Kirk Corliss. And I'm Scott Ertz. <laughs> And this is episode 82 of the GNC Week in Review podcast, proud partner of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Thank you so much for tuning in for this week's episode. We are streaming live at gncweekly.com slash live, as well as Facebook Live. So please be sure to say hello in chat or comment. <clears throat> Excuse me. If you missed a live video, um, excuse me. Also, be sure to like and subscribe to the GNC WIR channel on YouTube. If you miss a live video, that's okay. You can always catch the replay later. If you are a new listener, please be sure to subscribe. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast where you can find on the right hand side column at gncweekly.com, be it Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app. Also, this podcast can be found on the Pandora app. And the iHeartRadio app, if you have a comment, be it on social media or email, and those links can all be found at gncweekly.com forward slash connect. So last week, took off. Um, I wasn't feeling well. Scott, you mentioned um, on F5 Live, <clears throat> excuse me, you weren't feeling well. Yeah. And um, yeah, I've also... Had the, I've had the pleasure of uh, fighting COVID with my family. Right. <laughs> right. Mm. So, um, so we all took um, a week off, and um, and also too, just want to give everyone a heads up. Um, there's a lot of great content from the um, from CES 2021, the virtual um, CES 2021. So Scott has been editing his heart out um, with a lot of videos, um, and we were discussing before we came on air um, <laughs> some of the <laughs> some of the interviews um, that were going on. So. Um, so it's at um, plugitslive.com slash CES. There's a lot of videos uh, from all the from all the interviews so far, about <laughs> the interviews that um, were on. Great, a lot of great companies that, can, that were taught that were on, from ranging again from one end of the spectrum to the other. So definitely, um, yeah, definitely check it out. That's one of our hallmarks. Everything from a portable blender to uh, software to help you communicate with your government easier. Mm-hmm. yeah Yeah, it was a great yeah again it was a great uh it was a great um and you mentioned you had how many more left to go you said um i think today number number 75 i can't my whiteboard is up in the office um i think number 75 published today there's a total of 103 so 28 to go okay Put the wrong banner up. Okay, there we go. Okay, <laughs> there we go. Okay, put the wrong banner up. Okay, all right. Yes, yeah, so definitely, um, definitely check them out. Um, a lot of good stuff uh, that happened. And Todd is a master. I mean, I'm just kidding, Todd. Duh. Um, Scott is a um, master at editing and um, a lot of great, a lot of great, a lot of great stuff. And I had a I pleasure. Wish, I wish I felt the same way. <laughs> I, sometimes I feel way in over my head, but that's okay. Uh, the proof is in the the proof is in the pudding, and again, 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 definitely, uh, definitely, uh, kudos. All right, so we're gonna jump in with news um, from this week. Um, now, it's been reported when discussed on the prior episode about GameStop and Wall Street bets, Reddit, Robinhood, and a whole cluster 
<laughs> well, one of the most prominent figures in the Wall Street Bets subreddit that uh, sent GameStop stock exploding has been slapped with a lawsuit. Yeah. Um, the suit alleges Keith Gill, aka Roaring Kitty, is a licensed. Which, tree- if you if you followed any of the memes, you've heard that name before. Mm-hmm. Yep, we all know that's it. Well, <laughs> name exploding all over. Um, he is a licensed security per- uh, licensed securities professional instead of an amateur investor, <laughs> and it claims, <laughs> which I was like, woohoo, and it claims he profited from the GameStop short squeeze by manipulating the market. We talked about that in the uh, in the previous episode. Um, the proposed class action suit says, quote. Gill's deceitful and manipulative conduct not only violated numerous industry regulation and rules, but also various security laws by undermining the integrity of the market for GameStop shares. He caused enormous losses, not only to those who bought option contracts, but also to those who fell for Gill's act and bought GameStop GameStop stock during the market frenzy at Mm. greatly inverted prices. This was, yeah. Which that definitely happened, and again, good on him that he got he got busted. According to the filing, Gill quote actively worked as a professional in investment and financial industries for many years. It claims that he holds a number of security licenses and qualifications, including a chartered financial announced license. The suit also states, <clears throat> excuse me, the suit also states that Gill, who is set to testify before the House Financial Services Committee on Thursday. Uh, it was he was previously employed by Massachusetts Mutual Life Insurance Company as a quote financial wellness director. So when he goes to testify, he's going to be he's going to be in deep doo doo. <laughs> yeah, and and there's the potential for so much worse here because mm-hmm. there's there's still the potential of them finding out that he or uh, his cohorts. Um, benefited from this scheme, in which case it's insider trading. Right. And that comes with jail time, as mm-hmm. Martha Stewart can tell you. Right. <laughs> but also, too, is that it's not going to be this is when they when he testifies, when he goes to this committee, it's not going to be, you know, partisan left or the other. All both Democrat, Republican, no matter what seat you sit on. They're gonna be ha- they're gonna be on him like white on rice, and I and everybody I think is pissed off about this. Exactly, not just politicians, for, but for different reasons. But <laughs> but everybody's right. pissed off about this, right? Absolutely, and I think that you know, I mean, again, um, you know, they there was something amiss when you know when it started posting on Reddit, and then everything jumped on the bandwagon, thinking it was a good deal. You know, for GameStop, and, and they're thinking. Also, people were thinking that you know, GameStop is this is this valuable is this valuable company. When in fact, it's not. It's only yeah. it's just the stock that the stock may does mean some certain things. You know, if a company is doing well, then obviously, you know, the stock reflects it. But yeah. in this case, GameStop is not doing well. <clears throat> Excuse me. So and was already cool. overpriced. That was the right. key here. The mm-hmm. the thing that a lot of people who aren't actively involved in the stock market don't understand is what the price of the stock indicates. It doesn't indicate the the success of the company. It it indicates the market's confidence in future success of the company, mm-hmm. which is why you'll see companies with a with a you know early companies 
with a high value or a company like Tesla or, uh, or Uber that is constantly posting losses mm-hmm. right. with, with high stock prices because the market knows that those problems are going to be solved eventually. Mm-hmm. They don't necessarily know when, but they know those problems will be solved. But right. in the case of GameStop, the reason why the stock price was high is unknown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and professional investors knew that the bottom was going to fall out. Of course it was. GameStop's a disaster. Right. They they closed the wrong side of the business when they when they got rid of the ThinkGeek brand. That. <laughs> Oh, I remember thinking <laughs> they should have gotten rid of the GameStop brand and made it a sub of ThinkGeek instead of the other way. Cause that was, that's where the value was. I don't know why they, how they screwed that one up, but, um, <clears throat> but everybody knew that the, the floor was going to fall out. Right. And so investors were going to take advantage of that. And uh, I always knew somebody involved in this had more knowledge than everybody else. Right. I never knew who because <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't know the community, but mm-hmm. not knowing the community and watching from the outside, my first reaction. And I said this to my brother. Uh, I said this to, uh, to Mark louder, who used to guest host on F five live. Um, I said, somebody in here knows too much. And I don't know who now I do. <laughs> and i and me too i i as well because i when i noticed this i follow the, the tech industry and the news and everything i'm and i'm noticing not necessarily what the the story what happened with with, with reddit and, and all what have you but i was wondering i'm like how in god's name is it this high the company is not doing well i mean it's been and they were saying that they were closing some stores well there's one near me a lot more stores. Yeah. Right. They they expanded the the number they were closing by like another 150. Right. And I was like, and I was wondering, and all of a sudden that pops up. I'm like, holy crap. I mean, that's like, but then for this guy to get this guy to get nailed, I mean, good on them. So I hope yeah. he gets the he gets the I hope he gets the the uh, the maximum that uh that he deserves. And it's only gonna get worse for him. Right. I I promise. That they're gonna go looking to see if they can prove uh, insider trading. Because mm-hmm. if anybody he's ever worked with or spoken to in the last year uh, saw any financial gain from this, bought in early before it, you know, just as it was happening, he's gonna get nailed for insider trading. I guarantee it. And he's gonna probably room with uh, Bernie Madoff, <laughs> a supermax. <laughs> yeah, and then he's gonna get a. One of the anklets from Stop. Right. I know way too much about that stuff. <laughs> Got to more but later. We won't get into that. Yeah, you can find more later. All right. Other news week. There's a little bit, a little bit of Google news. And um, now on this past Sunday of F5 Live, I'm refreshing technology. Excuse me. Um, Scott and Abram discussed dissected the story about um, Google's publishing battle in Australia. And so, Scott, for those who didn't, well, I recommend subscribing to um, F5 Live Technology Sunday evenings at 9 p.m. Eastern. So for those who didn't watch the episode, can you provide just like a brief summary of what happened? Yeah. Um, So we have to go back a little bit to understand the story Um, back to about 2012. um, Spain passed a law that said that uh, 
Google, well, not specifically Google, but yes, specifically Google uh, News, where the Google News section had to pay, um, Google would have to pay the news publishers for access to their content. Uh, Google said no and shut down Google News in Spain. Eventually, they came to an agreement. Google News came back. Uh, last year, the EU, and in particularly in France, uh, a similar law was passed, um, and an agreement was reached there. It's all that was all about Google News, though. This story is bigger than that. This story in Australia is about Google and Facebook. Um, anytime somebody shares a link to a news article on their site, including Google search, Google, Facebook, whoever will have to pay a royalty for the right to, to share a link, which is insane. Uh, Berners-Lee, uh, Tim Berners-Lee, who created the World Wide Web, has said that this is a fundamental misunderstanding of the web. Um, obviously, Google and Facebook agree because this is a uh, an existential crisis for their business models. Um, so, yes, what's happening in Australia is terrifying. Okay. Not not just for not just for Google and Facebook, but potentially for us, because if we in our show notes, we link to other news sites. Are we at some point going to grow to the point where we have to pay them for the right to include those links? Now, granted, I would love to have the number of visitors that this law is going to require uh, <laughs> for this to be a problem. Because it's a lot. I don't remember what it is, but something like a hundred million uh, uh, click-throughs or something like that. We're not going to have that problem anytime soon. But <laughs> but um, it's definitely a problem, and it is pushing a bigger monopoly into the big guys because they're going to get paid by Google, but you and I never will because mm -hmm. again, we will never be big enough for them to have to have an agreement with us because technically we're news too, right. but we don't have enough traffic for us to qualify either. So it is an overall disaster. And with that in mind, and speaking of paying, Google has signed a three-year agreement to carry content from News Corp publications in the US, UK, and Australia, as Scott mentioned. Um, Google's news showcase will now feature stories from the Wall Street Journal, Market Watch, and other outlets. <clears throat> The financial terms of the deal weren't disclosed, but News Corp described the payments it will receive from Google as, quote, significant. Additionally, it said the web giant would share ad revenue, invest in audio and video content from its publications, as well as develop a, a subscription platform as part of the agreement. So my whole thing is that why should Google pay for content where you can get it literally, and like you said in the example, <clears throat> excuse me, it's like everything's like now everything's what going to be in a paywall now? <clears throat> no. So, okay. So here's, here's the thing with this. This is the other side of things. This okay. is the Google news. This is what, see, if you don't use Google news um, or, but you do use say uh, the, 
Microsoft keeps rebranding it. I think it's currently called MSN News or Apple News or something like that. Um, you see headlines, you see pictures, you see text, you see content. There's more than just a link and a description that you, as a website, give Google okay. <laughs> for search and things like that. Okay. This is this is the news showcase. This is when you go to google.com slash news, it is a cure it's curated content. It is very focused um, and it includes content, which right. is different than search, right? Okay. Search doesn't include content. It might give a might give a teeny tiny thumbnail um, and it might give uh, a synopsis, which you put into your HTML right. <laughs> uh, to tell Google what to show. But that's it. That's very different than Google News. Google News... Okay is showing content. So okay. they've, they have licensed content from what I understand though. Right. This does not uh, include, no, this does include for Australia. If things go sideways, this mm -hmm. does include um, uh, contracts for that side of things. Okay. So uh, <laughs> that law may be falling apart. Okay. So it seems like, you know, with, cause I understand from a lot of the news I've been reading about, and seeing about that, you know, with Australia, they're like, you know what, you know, there's a big battle between Google and and in Australia for the past, I think, for the past year or so or more. Yeah, yeah, at least. And it seems like you we've know, we've covered it three times on the show, twice in the last mm -hmm. six weeks, and then once about a year ago. So it's like Google's like, you know what, screw it, you know, let's just get dump them like a whole boatload of money to get them off our back, you know. But also in the same token, it's like, I mean, come on. I mean, Google is like, you know, is mostly we all know, you know, it's all about advertising revenue and it's all mm -hmm. about, you know, it's all about search. But it's like, you know, I think that Google's priorities maybe to me, you know, has shifted for some strange reason in a totally, <laughs> totally different direction. Yeah. Well, so, so in this case, I understand this. Mm -hmm. This this is reproduction rights, um, and you know, uh, Abrams Abrams great on this because when he was when he was uh, the online editorial director for Laptop Mag and uh, and Tom's Guide, you know, they would occasionally have their content syndicated. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Yahoo News would pick it up and right. republish the text. And obviously they paid for that mm -hmm. because they were republishing content. Right. And that's what Google news does. And for a long time, they believed that they could just grab an RSS feed, curate it to their heart's content and to, to hell with the publisher. Right. And what they have learned is the publishers are tired of that. They would love to be listed there, but not for free. Because right. there's no ad revenue being generated when people come to their site. Mm -hmm. And that's uh, what you, and Abram talks about this a lot when we talk about this, because mm -hmm. it's the ad revenue. Yeah, publishers have a, a love-hate relationship with, with Google. Um, yes, we love that Google brings people to our sites. We also kind of hate it when they steal our text and put it up in an answer box at the mm -hmm. top. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you can game that. Um you know, you can talk to Todd about that. Right. Um, 
<laughs> and you can figure out how to take advantage of that answer box uh, to suit your needs. But when it steals content and then your people never come to your site, mm-hmm. you've you've spent money to create the content and you've generated no revenue off of it. But yeah, Google has. Hooray. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so there's already a love-hate relationship with Google and Google News is very similar to what they tried to do with uh, Google Places, where they just wholesale ripped off data from Yelp and went, look, here's information. And Yelp went, hey, uh, what? That's ours. Mm -hmm. And they had to sue them. And they won. uh, And it was a big thing. And uh, Google Places doesn't exist anymore. But here's a question. Do you honestly think the people, because I don't really go to Wall Street Journal uh, to further content or I mean, occasionally well also to see also too when working on working on the um, the stories of the week um, for our show but also when I do um, work on the show for for Todd and Wall Street journals on a paywall mm-hmm. any any majority of the with exception of Fox News um, well let's <laughs> Fox News is a whole different sticking point with Todd as well, but that's a different story. Um, <laughs> but a lot of the publications that that News Corp has, Wall Street Journal, and I think there's a few others. I'm not really sure off the top of my head which the ones are. If there are, let me know. Let us know because I'd like to find out. They're under paywalls. So, you know, if I want to go to their content, I want to know what's going on. But I don't think I don't feel that. You know, I should if I want to get news, I want to go to sources, no matter where that where they are. Mm-hmm. But I shouldn't go to a paywall to get it. Yeah, it you know, it, the 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 internet is trying to figure out that there's a reckoning that's happening right now, and online advertisement is not the solution. That's what that is what's being learned, um, because ad blockers, people don't understand that the the internet is supposed to be free. So, so, you know, in our industry here, there's Patreon, which has become popular. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, uh, love him or hate him. uh, He created a, he created a a new concept for online media, Glenn Beck and blaze TV. Um, You know, or, it was originally the Blaze. I think it's. I think it's now officially Blaze TV when Blaze they bought TV. when they bought uh, Mark Levin's network, um, who I think is now in charge. But that's mm-hmm. not the point. Um, right. They created this this idea of essentially an online television network that has been hugely successful. Right. Mm-hmm. So right. you've got um, on there. You've got you know a couple of high profile people. Beck, Levin, Steven Crowder, um, and you can get some of their content for free and some of it's behind a paywall. Very similar to what Patreon is, you know, Patreon right. does for our space. Um, right. uh, uh, the, the Daily Wire does the same thing. There's, there's, but everybody's trying to figure out how advertising and how subscriptions uh, fit into, into the media world. And, you know, uh, News Corp has been kind of at the forefront of this. Mm-hmm. Um, you yep. know, the the Wall Street Journal used to be you could only read the articles online if uh, you had a physical paper subscription, which was a weird thing. Right. Um, but but that was HBO now, right? Right. Or HBO Go. I see. 
garbage <laughs> branding. Um, you had to be a subscriber to the TV service to be able to use the mobile thing, which was weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the same thing with the Wall Street Journal. That's going away. And we're starting to see more and more of this where, you know, the Daily Wire's printed articles, you know, written articles are available to everybody. Uh, right. Stephen Crowder is the same way. The, the, the written articles are free with ads. But if you're a member, uh, the ads go away and you get yeah. behind the scenes stuff. You know, you get uh, the full show. Crowder does an, an hour and a half every day and 60 minutes is free. 30 is behind the paywall. Right. Yeah, so this is just part of that. Um, and I think what you're going to see is that this agreement, when all the details are are really released, um, what we'll see is some of the Wall Street Journal content will be syndicated yep. through Google News, and you'll get the whole article. Um, and that's because Google is paying for the subscription <laughs> for right. you. Right. Um, right. But it's not going to be everything. Some stuff will still be behind. So there, there's there's a change happening. And... We are witness to it. The whole internet is changing. The whole, well, not the whole internet. The whole web is changing. Yes. Um, I try not to conflate those two because they're different. The whole web is changing. Right. Um, and and this is just this is just part of it. Now the stuff in Australia is a whole different mess. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a right. that right. is a special hell that Google and Facebook are getting <laughs> themselves into. And oh. My favorite thing this week, absolute favorite thing this week, Facebook said, let us show you what it'll look like if you pass this law. <laughs> and they pulled all news content yep. from uh, Facebook in Australia, which Absolutely. included uh, being able to share links to Facebook. Oops. Yep. <laughs> well, that's why I, because when I was working, getting this, working the, for a week of news, I wanted like, you know, I saw that and I wanted, and I knew that was, it was talked about with you guys. I talked about it on Sunday. So I kind of want to tie, think, tie it in together. So, but I still think that to me, honestly, I mean, co- I mean, they always, the saying goes content is king. And also too, you know, to, you know, get, um, they have to support themselves, su- support it. Yeah. Like, like your example, Patreon. You know, and I get mm-hmm. that as well, but I just think that, Con- you know, content <clears throat> is king, but <laughs> the king makes the rules. That's the thing, right? Content right. is king, but the king makes the rules. Right. Wall Street Journal is one of the kings. Their content is still um, one of the best. Mm-hmm. Um, they have their finger on the pulse of the market in a way that nobody else does. Market Watch is pretty close behind. Uh, which is also uh, News Corp. Market mm-hmm. Watch is free. The right. Wall Street Journal is not. Right. Um, so, you know, the king is making the rules. And in this mm-hmm. case, the rules are, if you want the Wall Street Journal, there's a paywall. You get yeah. three free per, per month or per week, or I don't remember what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once you've hit that, um, then you pay. Now, I won't tell people that if you use pure VPN, uh, it breaks their their article counter because that would be wrong to say. <laughs> right. Well, uh, but it does. Well, I um, hope, a, I VP, hope- a VPN service screws up the Wall Street Journal's free uh, article <laughs> counter per month. So, <laughs> well, I hope, and I hope that just to put a little nudge in your. Uh, you know, your Sunday show in the Sunday show. I hope that you can tie that in um, because I like to, I would love to hear, you know, I'd love to hear um, Abram's thoughts about it. 
Um, maybe he might be in my way of thinking, maybe, you know, but not, that's okay. I mean, we, you know, we've talked, we've talked about pay paywalls and the idea of, of subscription fatigue, which we're all mm -hmm. starting to feel. So mm -hmm. there's, there's <laughs> definitely, you know, some problems out there though. Uh, I can tell you that I have signed up for some, some of those paywall subscriptions recently, particularly because I want the drink well, drinkware. <laughs> oh, okay. I know, what you're talking, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, All right, cool. All right. So we're circling back to CES for a second. And when um, the best part of CES, uh, besides all the cool stuff, is Eureka Park. And sure. uh, the... The saying goes, uh, the they're in that mad scientist phase. Um, there's prototypes, things are not out to market yet. Um, and it's a plethora. And see, I kick myself and see, uh, next year I'm going to do, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm, I, you know, I did. On day, on day one before you hurt yourself? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Day one, exactly. And probably media day or something like that. But before, yeah, before, like, you know, I put again. I'm throwing my head out for head out for TD in the in the morning, but you know, but in the afternoon, and I think we'll, we'll talk about it off you know off air, you know, and how to how to do it. I'm definitely going on Rika Park because last year yeah. I wanted to, you know, because obviously, um, you know, virtual, but before, well, you know, but that was different. But you know, but any event, Rika Park just uh, it's it's a really great place That's to see. Part of the show. It, it is totally now. With that in mind, um, Amazon on Wednesday um, announced a new product or pro program called Build It. They let consumers have a way, have a say in some of their in some of the products Amazon will produce. Now, there's a it's a kind of like Kickstarter, where Amazon customers can choose to back a new product, and if it gets enough, and it get and if it gets enough support within 30 days, Amazon will build it. Um, customers will get charged only if the product is is developed and ships. Amazon uh, wouldn't say whether it plans to use this program for all of its products or may open open up to third party vendors. Um, Amazon Build It kicks off um, three concepts: a eighty nine dollars and ninety nine cent smart sticky note printer, which I thought thing was pretty interesting; a thirty four dollar ninety nine cent smart nutrition scale, and a seventy nine dollar and 99 cents cuckoo clock. Who would want a cuckoo clock is beyond me. <laughs> Customers who back a product gets a pre-order discount. The price will increase if it is made widely available. Um, now, with the printer, um, it works with Alexa and uses thermal technology instead of ink to print out a small sticky note reminders. Okay. The scale can tell you how many cal uh, calories are in Pacific Foods. The cuckoo clock <laughs> works with Alexa on an Amazon Echo. <laughs> and has a mechanical pop-out cuckoo bird. <laughs> if someone buys this, I or someone knows how to cuckoo clock. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Amazon said it won't say how much money a specific product needs to launch. It will show a progress bar that shows how far along a product is and a percentage of the, of the backing needs to complete. The current concepts will be able promotional prices through March 19th. And Amazon said more ideas are coming. So I think this is great. I mean, of course, Amazon is basically buying into God knows what. I think I saw. They're trying. I see what they're doing here. Yeah. Amazon 
has had some wild ideas for products in the last couple of years. Yeah, smart and microwave. A lo- and a lot of them have failed spectacularly once they've hit the market. The smart microwave. Um, the clock that wasn't a clock. I don't remember exactly the details about it, but I very, I very specifically remember there being a clock that wasn't really a clock. I don't. I wish I could remember the details on it, though. But I remember at the time thinking, no way that works. And it turned out, no way it worked. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think what they're trying to do is use the idea of Woot. And because this is this is more like Woot than it is uh, Kickstarter. Um, because you're not actually backing the product. You're not putting money into a company in the hopes that a product gets made. You are... Um, it's more like a pledge, right? It or or uh, like uh, Mass Drop, which changed its name. I think it's just Drop now. Um, where where you know you get a, a progress bar, but you don't know necessarily what the progress is, and and the thing only happens at a certain point. Um, not that you are putting money in in the hopes that a product is made. You were saying if a product is made, I right. will buy it, which is right. very different from Kickstarter because there's no opportunity. I mean, there's no opportunity to get screwed by a company that is just a guy trying to buy a car, which we've seen happen on kick- Kickstarter. There was the guy in New York who got sued. Um, this is Amazon saying if enough people pledge to buy the thing, then we'll make it, <clears throat> which I like. It's an it's an interesting idea, and it's a great way to avoid um, uh, tech waste. The yeah. fire the fire phone may not have ever happened, right? <laughs> right. Uh, I've still got to find one. I know you. I knew it's, you had one. I knew I you don't. had it. No, I, I have don't. to find one. I never bought one. I need to though because um, it is one of the biggest tech flops that I don't own. There are very few major tech flops that I don't own. I mean, for the love of God, I've got a Lisa. I, <laughs> I've got an, I've got two HP touchpads. I, that, I have so I love major tech flops. Um, right. The new the Newton and a Fire Phone are the two big ones I need to get a hold of. Well, there was also the Facebook phone that lasted for a hot minute. That HTC partnership that's the weird one. Yep. thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was there was the kin, which I I do have. I the, I have a one and a two. They were great. Verizon screwed that one up. That doesn't matter. Anyway, yep. Yep. um yep. I, <laughs> they weren't a smartphone, they were a feature phone. Anyway, right. Um and add the twenty dollars a month for a phone aimed at thirteen year olds. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> I bet that phone would have worked uh, ten years ago instead of twelve. Anyway, um, I think this is a great idea. It's a smart yeah. way for for Amazon to to take advantage of of crowd interest because mm-hmm. it's not crowdfunding. Right. It's crowd interest. Right. It's, so here's well, my credit. Here's my credit card. Charge it if you make it, um, mm-hmm. and then enough people say that, 
and they make it. It makes sense to me. That's a pretty yeah. smart move. And way, again, way better than making a microwave and selling 11 of them. Right. <laughs> and, and all of them catching fire. Right. But that's a whole different issue. Right. And but again, that goes back to with 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 Rika Park is that, you know, I mean, when we were down there in press and everything, because the analysts and buyers weren't down there, um, it was mostly press. And I and but there was a lot of interest in a lot of products and, sure, um, sure. you know, and also and with, you know, going back to the example we always bring up, which is a great story, you know, with Benjilock, yeah. you know, Benjilock just had a prototype and they were had, they had nothing. A, non, a non-working prototype at that. Exactly. So, you know, without that interest, I'm like, this is a really great product to be, you know, disregard Shark Tank and, you know, buy with Hampton, what have you. I, they, in fairness, I think the producers from Shark Tank met him in Eureka Park. Okay. Well, okay. That's fair. That's fair. But I think that, you know, with the interest that, you know, that people have for a product, you know, and like, okay, that's great. And be more inclined to purchase one. I think that, you know, with this, with like with Amazon, with this program, it's a very, <laughs> some of the names that come up with is these companies come up with is like, mind-boggling to say the least but but you know i'm <laughs> you know i'm with you i i think it's a great idea so hopefully yeah. hopefully we'll see these products come up and hopefully there won't be there won't be uh <laughs> be fires or <laughs> anything exploding <laughs> see i think some of the i think some of the product quality issues that they've had mm -hmm. have been because they didn't know if it was going to work in the market until they tried to produce it cheap honestly um, and sometimes they were right. A lot of times they were right because they've produced a lot of stupid products. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, you look at that microwave, it wasn't just a white label microwave, right? right. Mm -hmm. It was a, it was something that was designed by them for them uh, because of the weird Alexa integration. Right. Um, and so, you know, that that was a custom design. Nobody went, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make a microwave with Alexa and hope I can sell the product to somebody. Nobody's going to do that. <laughs> Amazon said, we're going to build Alexa into a microwave, but we don't know if people are going to want it. So we're going to build it cheaply. Right. And you end up with them catching fire. <laughs> so this could, this could cut down on that. This could right. cut down on the tech waste of them producing products mm -hmm. that nobody ever wants. Again, like the microwave, right. honest to God, I think they sold 11 of them. Mm -hmm. uh, um, and you know, I, it's, it's a solution to a lot of problems. Yeah. So. Well, again, personally for me, um, I think this, the, the, um, the sticky new printer is great. I'm, I, I have to say, you want I, the cuckoo, cuckoo clock for Christmas. Oh, That's what ahead. I heard. <laughs> God, no, I'm sorry. I'm, there's no way I'm going to, <laughs> no, <laughs> absolutely not. Uh, I just like to know who has a cuckoo clock. And again, again, why? Oh, Older women, that, that's where the cuckoo clocks exist, and they don't want Alexa built into it. Right. <laughs> they've, they've definitely missed the mark on that one. And thank yep. goodness. Thank goodness right. it's in this program. It will never get funded, mm -hmm. and it'll never be produced, and we can move on with our day. You got it. And if I see that popping up on when I go to for Amazon, I'm blaming you. 
All right. Other news this week: um, consumers love their Chromebook so much that um, that it's uh, in 2020 that the uh, Google's Chrome OS is now the second most popular operating system in the PC space, easily surpassing Apple's Mac OS. Um, data from IDC and Strategy Analytics independently confirmed it. Um, they uh, strategic wow strategic. Strategy Analytics, so I get the words out. Oh my God, it's been a long week. Um, reported that Chromebooks outsold MacBooks during 2020, and especially during the fourth quarter. Research from IDC, um, which um, uh, included desktops and its analysis, reported similar findings. A third analyst firm, Canalysis, compiled data showing that total worldwide Chromebook shipments really quadrupled in 2020 to 11.2 million units compared to uh, 2.9 million in 2019. Now in 2019, Strategy Analytics reported that Chrome OS market share by units sold reached 10.5% versus Mac OS at 9.1%. At 9.1%. But those, those figures spiked during 2020. Um, Chrome OS represented 14.9% of all notebook computers sold during 2020, while Mac OS represented 8.7%. Windows market share by units sold dropped from 78, 9, 78.9% in 2019 to 75.2% in 2020. Um, during the first quarter of 2020, uh, Chrome OS sales reached a new high, 16.4% of all units sold versus Mac OS at 9.1% and Windows at 73.3%. Um, analysis Research Director Rashaba Doshi, if I'm mispronouncing his person's name, I apologize, said, um, quote, um, demand for Chromebooks is through the roof with many countries being forced to accelerate their digital education plans in the wake of additional lockdowns. Schools and universities are clamoring for easy to deploy, easy to deploy solutions. And Google's digital offerings for education are providing the quite popular over rival platforms, especially U.S. and Western New York. And I think the reason why Chromebooks have been extremely popular is because, um, because everyone with schools and lockdown and doing virtual learning, you know, it's cheap. cheap. A, yep, they're cheap. And um, all they have to do is get on Zoom or what have you. And that's why you know, a lot of people aren't buying MacBooks. So, well, so, so the, the perception that Mac has had any sales of any distinction has always been a myth. Mm. Um, the, the reason people think there are a lot of Macs out in the world is because tech journalists tend to use them mm -hmm. and marketing firms tend to use them. So you see them in ads, you see them in TV shows, you see them in movies because they already are there <laughs> or because Apple gave them to them, not because people are buying them. Um, the numbers over the last since honestly, since the iPhone 3G or 3GS came out. So 2008, 2009. The numbers have basically remained unchanged for Apple. They they spiked at that point because you could only develop for the iPhone uh, on a Mac. So developers bought them, whoop, and then they plateaued. And they've been that way for 15 years uh, because nobody buys Macs, um, just statistically. Um, they are just barely above Linux. 
when it comes to active devices on the market. And this comes down to sales. A lot of Macs are out in the wild because they're provided to people for free. For example, the media. Um, the reason why Chrome has seen such a huge, huge boost on Windows didn't see that big of a, a dip that came almost equally off of both ends, right? Mac saw about a 2% decrease and Windows saw about a 2% decrease for the 4.5% increase that that Chrome saw um, is entirely because of education, because they're cheap. Um, because I think HP has discontinued their $99 uh, Windows laptop, which was the smartest thing they ever announced at CES because um, they were designed for education. It was a brilliant product. Um, they're gone, I think, because um, I haven't seen those weird candy-colored laptops in a while. Um, and and uh, you know, yes, Microsoft has some some plans, some deals for schools on their own, but Microsoft doesn't make you know these devices here are not designed as as low-end devices. These are you know the stuff that Microsoft makes are premium devices. Mm-hmm. So yeah, sure. Schools, students, teachers get a 10% discount on Microsoft hardware, but it's a $3,000 laptop Right. when you can go get a Chromebook. Chromebooks are the, the new Android tablets. You can go get a Chromebook for 79 bucks. Mm-hmm. It's not a good computer, right. but if you're a school district that's trying to buy one for every student in your school district um, with no additional funding, um, $79 Chromebooks suddenly become really attractive. So... And also, too, um, why well, have a Chromebook um, that I use, my daughter uses as well. And it's, I mean, it's not, I mean, it doesn't have a lot of, um, it's a Chromebook. Basically, you have to run on the internet, so you can't really do a whole hell of a lot. But um, but with Google Docs um, that she uses, and I help her with her, with when she, um, with schoolwork and have you, it's great. Mm-hmm. And, and there's, you know, now that, now that Chromebooks can install Android apps, you can even, right. you can even install you know, the office suite, you guys, there's all kinds of things that you can install because you've got Android app access right. now. So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot more potential there today than there was say two years ago. Uh, so Google, Google's in the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. And um, speaking of other Google news um, from Comscore. Google and Facebook's share of the top 15 mobile apps by reaching the U.S. has increased in the past few years. Nearly, <clears throat> excuse me, 80% of all digital minutes are spent on mobile, and roughly 88% of those mobile minutes are spent within apps. Um, over the past six years, Google and Facebook have collectively owned roughly eight of the top 10 smartphone apps in the U.S. and a sizable chunk of the top 15. Um, the top 15 apps in the U.S. as of this month and is recording, I guess, <laughs> Comscore, number one, YouTube, uh, number two, Facebook, Gmail, at number three, Google Maps, at number four, Google Search at five, hence going back to <laughs> we talked about earlier, Facebook Messenger at six, Amazon seven, Weather Channel at eight, Google Play at nine, Instagram 10, Apple News, Google uh, at 11, Google Drive at 12. Google thir- Google Photos 13, Pandora 14, Spotify 15. So I have out of, with the exception of Instagram and Apple News and Weather Channel, <laughs> I, I use all of them. 
Fascinating. So, so 10 of those 15 are, are either Google or Facebook. That's if you're watching, you saw me counting as we hit on ones that weren't. Um, it, it's actually fascinating how many of these I don't have. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm on there. Um, in fact, I, I think Facebook, mes- Facebook eight, Messenger. Eight of the 15 I either don't have or don't use. Yeah. Yeah, I don't use Instagram and um and I'm on YouTube. Uh, I use I use these services literally like every day, literally every day. Mm-hmm. Um, um, YouTube, and, obviously, you and I don't have much of a choice, right? But to spend a lot of time in. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I've, sitting here right now, I have it open literally on three devices. See, <laughs> ditto. <laughs> Plus, whatever is happening up in the office, right? <laughs> Yeah, and I and I and for whatever reason I use Facebook Messenger exclusively with you and I. Because <laughs> I don't know. Because <laughs> oh, that's don't know. pretty funny. Yeah, because I honestly, I honestly, goodness, I um, anytime that I'm like posting something on Facebook, you know, they'll put a put a comment below or whatever about things going on in the world. But literally, I kid you not, exclusively. I only use Facebook for you. Facebook Messenger for, for you. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I I've grown to use it because uh, obviously for for people who who know me well, they know that you know I have a variety of devices all over the place, and you know I doesn't matter doesn't matter if I'm on either of the phones or the laptop or the computer upstairs or down here. You know it's always available mm-hmm. everywhere I am. That's the only reason why I have any, any strong interest in it, but I am quickly pulling away from Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> see, so. I see, I think with, with Facebook, see, I know that there's a lot of talk and talk about Facebook, you know, good and bad. And um, I just look at it per, I mean, I look at it to see if there's anything, any news thing, anything news related. Um, but I also see other things um, that are really just not really, and I'm slowly, I'm you, I'm like you, I really can't like, I, for whatever reason, I'm like gravitated to it and I look at it and I, and I'm look I'm on it literally like in the more, I'm usually on it. I look at it in the morning before I, before I go to work while I'm at home. So, you know, um, so I look at it in the morning. I, I look at it, I, I scroll up, um, and I know you guys will see, um, I know you guys can't see me because right now my setup is a little awkward at the moment, but I would, well, you know, because remember my, uh, my setup and everything, but I'll be back video, you know, soon. Um, so I'm scrolling, <laughs> so I'm scrolling up and everything and I'm literally on it for maybe five, 10 minutes. And then I go to the groups, um, and I scroll on a few things. And the only thing I'm really interested in, honestly, you know, I look at, you know, you know Todd's um, page for th- things going on with Blueberry, who's the who's the sister company or the parent company of Raw Voice. That's a long story. Other way around. Raw <laughs> oh, Voice oh, is the parent company of Blueberry. Okay. I always get that mixed up. What? Like like several Raw years Voice ago. is the company. Blueberry is a brand. Got it. Okay. I always get that mixed up for whatever reason over many years. So you know, I look at his and or i'll look into and i'll check in on you know on plugins 
uh, unplug it, you know, with the news. That's where I get my news, like in anything that's going on in tech world. So I, I'm, I'm well versed, not well versed, but in a no. So I was like, oh, okay, yeah. I didn't know about this, this, and this, you know. And I'm like, but lately though, it's like, you know, there's no weed, and I. And I'm on Twitter, you know, and I check. That's where I really go for news because there's a lot of there's a plethora of stuff of, of that. You know, I try to weed out some things, but <laughs> but but for the most part, honestly, I'm like I'm ready to like, you know, if it, like a lot of friends of my fa- friends and family is on it, but it's like lately, I'm like more and more, I'm thinking I don't want to be on it anymore. I just rather yeah. just I don't know. Yeah. I I'm not gonna lie, I have. I have gotten to the point where I've curated my news real strong. I mm-hmm. use uh, I use um, NetVibes uh, as an RSS aggregator. I do all my news in NetVibes. It's how I do my show prep. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> that was the best decision I ever made. Um, I think I truly believe they're the best RSS aggregator out there. Um, okay. And you know, I've got all my stuff in there. I read stuff in there. I can open it up in the in the browser to get you know the full articles i i don't spend a whole lot of time on social media anymore unless i'm managing one of the way too many pages that i manage at this point right i've got in in the in the page manager i've the i think they they changed the name business manager or whatever i've got like three full scrolls on my phone of pages there's 40 (laughs) of them in there it's ridiculous Mm -hmm. I'm involved in too many things. If you haven't right. figured it out, you got, your, you, got your, you got your hands in a lot, in a lot of, uh, <laughs> in a lot of, in the proverbial cookie jar, <laughs> and always coming up with other new and dumb ideas. Well, that makes that makes you to steal more of my time away. <laughs> well, that makes you you. So that's what I love about you. All right. Um, speaking of computers, I guess getting on the other side of the coin um samsung has a pair of new laptops in development the galaxy galaxy book pro and galaxy book pro 360 which includes oled oled displays and be compatible with the company's s pen stylus is reporting from sam mobile um the galaxy pro galaxy book pro 360 is said also to be available with 5g connectivity um yeah, which of course, again, <laughs> there's not a budget to go around. Um, Sam's mobile reports does not go into details about the new specs of the OLED displays, such as what the resolution will be, the refresh rates. Um, reportedly, the laptops will have available with 13.3 inch and 15.6 inch screens. Um, beyond the screens and the S Pen support, the new Windows laptop are rumored to be powered by Intel Core i5 and i7 CPUs. The Galaxy Pro 360 is thought to be a convertible two-in-one laptop yeah. with um, with 360 hinge to allow its screen to be flipped around and used like a tablet. That's as soon as I heard that name, that was my first assumption. Mm-hmm. Is that it's it's a convertible, which would make sense. Yeah. And Samsung has some has great products. Um, again, I have a Samsung Chromebook, and <clears throat> so I'm definitely interested in seeing this. But of course, <clears throat> excuse me, I am I'm with the I'm with the Dell Camp um, for now. So if this comes down the line, I'll definitely um, definitely take a peek at it. Yeah, the Galaxy Book Pros have been good. You know, the the S Pen support. I mean, if you're if you're watching me right now, you will see that I have my 
Surface Pen attached to my my computer because I love you know I love the stylus ability when I'm you know I do artwork and stuff because you know all of the graphics for Plugins Live I do um, and you know the stylus is what allows that kind of thing. It's one of the reasons why I've got that phone because I can use the stylus. Uh, so you know it's it's i always like seeing seeing more laptops that support stylus touch you know is fine uh but that that kind of fine control for creatives and stuff with the pen is nice and the s pen is a great device it's really high quality so i i can't wait to hear the full specs on these things no telling when we'll no telling when we'll hear yeah, it doesn't. Well, yeah, from his report from Sam Sam's mobile didn't really get into a lot of detail. So we're definitely going to keep an eye on it um, to see what's the and also the prices were announced and things of that nature. So yeah, they, so we'll they a, picked up a rumor from somebody inside who wasn't allowed to speak on the topic. I haven't read the article, but I assume that those words are there somewhere, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> right. right? From an anonymous source inside the with with sources. Uh, or better with information on on the dis, on the development who's not uh, permitted to speak openly on the t- subject That's, or the or the other or the other saying is sources familiar with the matter says <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right all right other news this week following pressure from pretty much everyone um, <laughs> Comcast won't enforce a 1.2 terabyte data cap customers in the north in north in the u.s northeast until 2022 this is from the company that uh the company said announcement that was quoted or saw by ars technica um comcast says excuse me we uh quote we are delaying implementation of our new data plan northeast markets until 2022 ricky recognized that our data plan was was new for our customers in Northeast. And while only a very small percentage of customers need additional data, we're providing them with more time to come familiar with the new plan. Now, Comcast first announced implemented data cap in Northeast. A small percentage of our customers. We debunked that on our show right. on F5 Live <laughs> a couple months back. Right. Whereas the other, they say bull pucky. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that small percentage of customers has grown to what was it, eight and a half percent or something like that? Yes. That's not a small percentage of our customers. No, it's not. Less than one percent. That's a small percentage. And more than one percent uses two terabytes. Mm-hmm. And that's basically Comcast, basically, you know, having this nice little um, boilerplate. Smoke blowing smoke of your butt. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, now, Comcast first announced that it would implement a data cap in the Northeast U.S. In Northeast, excuse me, in the United States in November for customers who went over their data allotment. Comcast had planned to charge them $10 for every additional 50 gig. They went over the 1.2 terabyte limit up to a maximum of $100 per billing cycle. Oh, I'm glad I got Verizon. To, <laughs> <laughs> to quote, ease customers into the new cap, Comcast said a wave any overage fees in January and February and throw in a yearly bill credit people can use if they went over the limit at any point after the first two months of 2021. So this delay, if you live in Connecticut, Delaware, Massachusetts, Maryland, Maine, New Hampshire, New Jersey, woohoo, North Carolina, <laughs> New York, Pennsylvania, Vermont, West Virginia, and the District of Columbia. However, 
if you live in the other 27 states that makes up uh, Comcast's 39 state footprint, you in those states have has had data caps in 2016. And yes. lastly, Comcast didn't, didn't say when in 2022 it will plan. It plans to implement the data cap in the Northeast, January 1st. <laughs> right. <laughs> as soon as possible. As soon as possible. 2022 right. sounds like it's further away than it really is. Right. Because <laughs> February is almost over. I don't know how that happened. I, it went by quick, and and also. Uh, uh, and for those who live in the Northeast, uh, um, <laughs> I want to know where Phil's at because I want to <laughs> have a talk with him. Oh, so much snow. Oh, I can't stand it. Okay. Um, I so guess, I guess I shouldn't tell you that my windows are open. <laughs> <laughs> no, because <laughs> they're closed right now because they're because the wind is kicking up and i could hear it on the microphone but okay no, i don't i don't i don't hear it. i have to get better um no, no i closed right now for the show good but they they've been open all day <laughs> oh good good well you in warm sunny pinellas county can yes <laughs> i am here on purpose right this was not an accident right here right so but yeah we got uh um Roughly eight inches of snow today, <laughs> uh, eight inches of snow last week. So, and I have to Oof. get up, uh, get up early in the morning to shovel out my car. Uh, oh, I, I, I work with uh, the the office that that my client is out of is uh, in the Boston area. Oh, they got hammered. <laughs> yeah, they did. They got uh, I, I felt so bad. Uh, I was on a call earlier and uh, one of my colleagues says, I, sorry, I'm late to the call. I was, I had to shovel out the car and move it so that they could, so they could plow my neighborhood. And then uh, she goes, what's that noise? Oh God, it's snowing again. <laughs> I just finished. Yeah, there was. Yeah, it's a bit fell, and then early this afternoon, um, um, I was telling my wife. I said, you know, I said, you know, I'm kind of concerned about shoveling out the car now, and she called you. It should be fine. Within within an hour later, more snow fell. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah it should be fine. Was the kiss of death for you there, buddy? Yeah, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, there is no way out of it after it should be fine. You're not lying. <laughs> you are not lying. You are not lying. All right. Other news week. Um, who remembers Movie Pass? Um, show of hands. Um, and it's Tales of Woes, and that you can watch nine dollars and nine dollars and ninety five cents a month. And it's also it's a myriad of problems. I literally the same woman. We literally talked about Movie Pass on that call this afternoon. I cannot oh, wait geez. to see where this is headed. <laughs> what are the chances? Go ahead. <laughs> Because this isn't in my rundown. I have no idea what's about to happen. Okay. Well, you're going to love this. Mark Wahlberg is producing a documentary series charting the spectacular rise and fall of the infamous movie ticket subscription source movie pass. This is from Deadline that reported this. The show is reportedly based on insider reporter Jason's Grisario award-winning, I thought I put it run down, um, award-winning coverage of the trouble company founded by entrepreneurs Stacey Spikes and Hamnet. Hammett Watt to his takeover by outside investors and eventual demise. Yeah. Wahlberg's production unit, Unrealistic Ideas, that's a name, that's a weird name for a production company, um, describes the docuseries as, quote, 
as an inside look at how players in the investor class can rig the game to ensure their payday, regardless of the carnage they leave behind, uh, which I'm so, loving. Now, that. I, now I want to write a do, produce a documentary on the fall of radio shack for the same reason. Right. <laughs> um, the producers told deadline um, quote, um, it also feature first-hand accounts from movie past founders, Spikes and Watts, and its users, who helped fuel a movie. Who helped fuel a movie-going revolution that was cut short. So there's no and also and also there's um there's also no word on whether when the when the where the movie past series will be able to watch. And I'm definitely I have I have Netflix, Amazon Prime, Hulu, <laughs> HBO Max, CBX. Oh, excuse me, <laughs> excuse me dumb name going to march going to march Paramount plus i have literally all lined up so i'm gonna definitely i don't know how i'm gonna put an alert or a notification but this is gonna be I, everything else gonna put um, aside i'll i'll tell you um there's a there's an app called tv time okay uh let me verify that i'm not lying to you about the name okay nope, i'm right tv time uh, and you can go in and mark uh, TVs and movies that you want to or have watched and mark what you have and what episodes you've watched. I may not still be on. Am I still alive? Yeah, you're still alive. Yeah. Okay. Cause I don't seem to be moving anymore. You're, you're frozen right now. <laughs> uh, so, so um, anyway, uh, um, you can mark your episodes uh, as you watch episodes, you can mark them off and you'll get alerts uh, when uh, the things that you've marked uh, are premiering. Okay. So All right, I'm looking at it right now. Okay, cool. I love it. Okay. I am uh, in the process. I don't know what's about to happen. Mm. So if you're watching live, I apologize. Uh, um, I'm kind of in the process of developing uh, a show. Um, it is a, uh, it's, it's kind of a BBC style show, which I'm currently loving. And so I've been watching a lot of BBC shows and I can mark off the, the episodes as I go through. I love it. So if it's in there, you can mark it and when it becomes available, it'll let you know. Okay, cool. Well, I'm downloading it as we speak. And for those who are watching live right now, um, there, Scott has no, uh, video. Yes. I'm gone too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay so because my because my black magic card seems to have <laughs> okay crapped out on me i don't know why happens sometimes okay so what i'm gonna do all right i'm gonna do that later i have a downloaded so i'm gonna do it later so cool all right so yeah i'm definitely going to like uh <laughs> i'm definitely and i'm definitely going to keep an eye on this because with movie pass they've been it was it was great at one point then all of a sudden you know there the there was talk about the problems with location tracking and forcing mm -hmm. you in subscriptions and then they were changing their bundle or subscription plan oh, the fact they, the fact that a single a single movie ticket tended to be uh more expensive than uh they were paying more for a single movie ticket than you were paying for your subscription <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right <laughs> yikes but definitely um i'm definitely gonna keep an eye on it for that so that should be um very interesting i'm definitely gonna keep an eye on this definitely keep that okay and finally this week 
it's back. There's a food food theme this week, and we didn't have one for January because there was something going on in food related. But there's a finally, yay, woohoo! I'm so yay. happy. <laughs> I was disappointed because last week, um, last week I had when I did the working on the week, um, there was uh, two in regarding McDonald's again. Oh, and I was so disappointed because I wasn't feeling well, and I'm like, oh, but here that's the here or there. Okay, so there's the with the food theme this week. We're going out of this world literally um now if you saw online and or on tv about the perseverance perseverance rover that landed on mars um which everyone's excited about i'm not really into that but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um but nasa is developing plans for missions to mars and beyond where people can dream up better food production technologies or systems out in space uh now um with that in mind, um, the uh, NASA wants to see if we can dream up even better food production. I repeat that. So, what did I do that? Okay. Um, so, with that in mind, NASA is calling it the Deep Space Food Challenge. And if you come up with a clever idea before the competition's close date on July 30th, you might just win part of the $500,000 purse NASA has set aside for top 20 teams. Um, well, that's, that's a lot of money available. So if you're part of, the, and I'll, I'll say something really funny in a second. Um, yeah, well, actually, I'll do it now. Um, someone on Twitter said two words: hot pockets. <laughs> hot pocket. Right. Ding. If you don't <laughs> say it with the, if you don't say it with the music, it doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> when I saw that on Twitter, I was busting out laughing. Um. Anyway. Um. So NASA says on the uh, the NASA says on the page, um, "quote Food insecurity is a significant chronic problem on Earth in urban, rural, and harsh environments and communities. Disasters can also disrupt supply chains, supply chains on which all people depend, and further aggravate um, foods uh, aggravate." further aggravate food shortages. There's a lot to unpack um, from this, and we'll have a link in the in the show notes that um, you can check out on how to enter. Um, apparently, there is some uh, there was a um, uh, research paper that um, back in September of 2020 that outlined a few different techniques that NASA has used in the past to grow and harvest food in space. Um, one concept involves modifying modifying baker's yeast to produce certain nutrients with the right equipment NASA thinks astronauts can grow actively producing yeast, producing yeast in space, which provide the space sparers with nutrients like beta, beta carotene and zexanthin antioxidants that are typically found in vegetables and help to main, maintain eye help, eye health, excuse me. Whoa. Um, so the um so there is, uh, if you have something really, if you're up to the challenge, um, you must register by May 28th and submit your phase one ideas by July 30th. NASA will award $25,000 up to 20 of its favorite ideas from this round, which will then proceed to um, phase two. So there's a lot to unpack nice. on this. And um, so definitely check up in the show notes. There's, and I was doing a lot of editing on this um, because holy crap, it was a lot, a lot to take in but just to give you a quick um summary of uh what nasa is doing so i think that's pretty that cool. is super cool yeah yep nasa challenges are always interesting yeah this one is no different oh absolutely and todd is a big fan of it and i and i was um you know and i didn't and i knew about the 
the person with Bowman's ball again. I'm not really into you know in the space, but I thought you know that NASA does a lot of great things over a lot of cool things, and yeah. you know, so this is um, and so, the stuff they learn ends up being applied outside of just space travel. So mm-hmm. right, right. So if you're a smart enough person, and and I, you know. Go for it, you know. But like I said, <laughs> if someone puts it, if someone puts in or hot pockets <laughs> in, that, yeah, in that plan, that, that sounds like the internet. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so definitely, definitely, um, definitely check it out. And again, there's a, it's a full, long, um, detailed um, story. Um, it's ironically enough is from for whatever reason when I was doing the uh, working on the prep. Um, this is from popular mechanics. I mean, so yeah, that know. sounds about right. Yep. <laughs> so, all right, that there we go. All right, so uh, and that is the tech news for this week for Friday, February nineteenth, twenty twenty one. Thank you so much for tuning in for this week's episode. Um, show notes from this episode, including about about the NASA's um, Deep Space Food Challenge, um, can be uh, found um, at gncweekly.com. Also, be sure to check out the latest tech news and commentary from geeknewscentral.com, and be sure to tune in Mondays and Thursday evenings at geeknewscentral.com slash live for the Geek News Central podcast. And then be sure to uh, watch and tune into gncweekly.com slash live Friday evenings at 8 p.m. Eastern time. So be sure to like and subscribe to the GNCWIR channel on YouTube. Also, please be sure to uh, click the bell and select always for notifications so you do not miss the next episode. Also, um, share this episode. Um, the people that you know that could that would like to check this um, episode out. Or and or what's important, please be sure to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to tune in with Scott and Abram Pilch on FI Refreshing Technology Sunday evenings at 9 p.m. Eastern Time at F5Live.tv slash join us. If you have a comment on this week's episode, including if you have a cuckoo clock or not, (laughs) 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 we'd love to hear from them. Um, Head on over to gncweekly.com slash connect and connect via email, Twitter, or Facebook. I am on at Twitter. I am at Kirk Corliss. Scott is on Twitter at Triple T M A B O. Until the next episode of GNC Week in Review. So long. Ciao.